0: You are listening to The Talking Point. Usually on the Tuesday edition of the show, we do the municipal watch feature. uh, And on Wednesdays, we do the health feature. There's a health matter we wanted to speak about. But the specialist we want to speak to about on this health matter is only available, unfortunately, today. So we're going to be doing today the health feature. We're going to be speaking uh, as soon as we can get hold of Dr. Comfort Chaba. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Dr. Comfort Chaba, who's a neurologist at the NetCare Krugersdorp Hospital. We're going to be speaking about seizures. Now, seizures really are one of those really scary medical experiences that if you're in the presence of somebody experiencing a seizure, you almost never know what to do. And if you experience a seizure for the first time in your life, it could be the scariest time of your life uh, because it is whatever may have caused the seizure is not easily diagnosable and identifiable. It could be epilepsy. It could be not epilepsy. It could be anything else. It could be a myriad of neurological conditions uh, that uh, may have resulted in you experiencing a seizure. So we're going to be talking about seizures um, and and what sort of uh, medical implications they have. We're going to also then talk about how to respond to them um, if you're in the presence of somebody who's experiencing a seizure. It's important that we know this sort of uh, information because we could potentially save somebody's life, whether it be at work, whether it be at home, at the mall, at the gym. Um, it really is important that we know what to do uh, in in uh, the in, in, in the instance where we experienced that. Um, but yeah, you can be a part of this conversation. We hope you would be. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. We're trying to get a hold of Dr. Comfort Shaba. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 20 minutes after 11 o'clock, you're listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Right now, we're going to go into the... Wednesday Medical Feature, which we typically do on a Wednesday, but I explained earlier that this is our only opportunity to have this conversation today with Dr. Comfort Shabo, neurologist at the Nedcare Krugersdorp Hospital. We're talking about seizures and the related neurological conditions and events uh, that uh, bring about seizures. Dr. Shaba, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Good morning, Oliver. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: Let's start here. What are seizures? Uh, we understand them traditionally and typically to be caused by epileptic events, but is it can neurological events that are not necessarily epileptic events also result in a seizure event?
1: Yes. So a seizure, um, just by basic definition, is a symptom due to an abnormal excessive brain activity. Um, so one seizure does not equal epilepsy. So we do see um, seizures in other conditions which are not necessary epilepsy. You know, for example, if you have a low blood sugar or you have alcoholics who withdraw from alcohol, um, they can suffer seizures, but we do not diagnose them with epilepsy.
0: Right. Uh, what is epilepsy?
1: So epilepsy is the condition where um, patients tend to have recurring episodes of unprovoked seizures. Um, So when a patient has had two or more unprovoked, so by unprovoked, I'm talking about, you know, there isn't a a specific reason for them to have that seizure. So two or more of these events, then we can diagnose a patient with epilepsy.
0: Is there usually something that happens in the lead up to uh, epilepsy or I guess when you say unprovoked, it means they may not be the case or are they always spontaneous?
1: So, in some patients, they, they report a sensation of them going to have a seizure, you know. So, th- we call this an aura. They can smell something strange or they can see strange things, hallucinations, um, things like that. The, the, some Those are the patients who have auras and they have a warning sign. But most of the time, these events are spontaneous and patients are not even aware that they're going to have this event.
0: Mm, mm. When you you spoke earlier about excessive brain activity, what, what does that mm. mean?
1: So normally what um, happens in the brain, we get brain cells called neurons, and these neurons need to communicate with each other. And when they communicate, they are desynchronized. That means that they're not all um, acting at the same time. When we have a seizure, they're all acting right. together right. synchronously in an excessive manner. Um, and that's that's what um, happens when you have a seizure.
0: Give us a call, 86 0 086-000-203, if you have a question uh, for uh, Dr. Shaba on this particular matter. Uh, Dr. Shaba, what does a seizure look like in reality? Does it necessarily mean that a person's body will be shaking um, uncontrollably, that their eyes will be rolling back, that they will be up unconscious? Or can a seizure be... Um, I guess, non-physically aggressive? Mm.
1: Yeah, look, classically and when you look in the movies, you know, you see the patients that fall to the ground, they're jerking, they can bite their tongue or wet themselves. That's one type of seizure. But you get other types of seizures where, you know, you don't necessarily lose consciousness. You can have just a, 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 a part of your body that's shaking, for example, a leg or a hand that's twitching or part of your face is twitching. And some can be even more subtle than that, where they just get a brief loss of awareness. Um, So seizures present in all sorts of various ways.
0: Mm, mm. So what you're describing is seizures, right, which is a neurological event, but Mm. it's physical manifestations. Sounds very similar to a stroke, which is a Mm. cardiovascular event. Mm. Is there a relationship between the two?
1: Um, Well, I guess the relationship is that they both affect the brain but um, they're quite entirely different. Um, uh, with, with a stroke, you're getting a, a focal neurological deficit. You know, Usually the patients will complain of being, un- well, they won't complain, but they will not be able to talk. They'll have weakness of you know, a part of their body, um, difficulty walking, unable to lift up their arms. Um, usually there is no associated loss of consciousness. Sometimes it is, um, but usually. So that would be different to a seizure.
0: Right. And it's treated differently in the moment, uh, just to mitigate, I guess, uh, the, the, the the event at the time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Both are treated very differently. Um, both obviously need acute um, management, you know, so it's important that there is awareness from the public on how to manage these neurological emergencies, you know, what the what the next steps need to be, whether or not you need to present to an emergency department. We, we, know we obviously recommend that you seek medical attention sooner rather than later.
0: All right. So if I am witnessing somebody experiencing a seizure, what am I to do?
1: Mm. Okay. So the first thing is to keep calm. Try and keep everybody calm. It, it tends to be a spectacle for people that are around around the patient. Um, create a, a safe environment. So remove any sharp or any dangerous objects if possible allow the patient to lie on the ground in a recovery position so the recovery position is when they're lying on the left side this prevents them from choking do not put anything into their mouths you know um, traditionally people are told to put a spoon or something don't put anything into their mouths and just keep time or keep track of the time that it's taking for the patient to have the seizure if the patient is fitting for longer than a period of five minutes you need to call for emergency services because that patient needs to be treated as an emergency and taken to the hospital.
0: Yeah. Usually when somebody experiences a a seizure, uh, the immediate concern is we need to run tests and we need to speak to a doctor. Mm. You may Mm. have epilepsy, whatever the case may be. What sort of Mm. tests are typically run in this instance?
1: So, you know, the first and uh, most important thing, we can do the basic things, right? We can check... What is their sugar level? So with simple blood tests, you check the sugar tests, check other electrolytes. So we'll run a panel of bloods, looking at their kidney function, looking at their liver function, um, depending on the age of the patient, a drug test might be important. Um, and then we need to image the brain. So the best mode of imaging in the brain is called an MRI. and MRI gives us a lot of information about the structure of the brain. Is there anything that's causing the seizure? Um, we do further tests. Um, in our practice, we, use, we do um, EEGs, which is an electroencephalogram, very similar to an ECG, which you put on your heart. This mm-hmm. time we put it no. on your head, and this looks at your brain um, activity.
0: Mm-hmm. Give us a call, zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. if you have a question for Dr. Shaba on this conversation. Dr., earlier on you said some people report experiencing certain things before they experience a seizure when they are epileptic, such as uh, smelling certain things or having certain mm. tastes or uh, hallucinating uh, mm. as, as an example, and, and they know something is about to happen. Um, those strike me as especially hallucinations, as mm. a psychomedical condition. Is there mm. a relationship between the neurological condition and the psychological manifestation?
1: Yeah, you know what, there is a lot of overlap simply because of the way people look at uh, seizures. You know, a lot of people think these patients are bewitched or these patients have, you know, other things going on. So there is a lot of... Uh, psychological aspect to it. Um, Having said that, seizures themselves, um, after you've had a seizure, uh, you can develop psychosis. So we see that quite frequently in patients who have just had a seizure. They have what we call a post-ictal psychosis, that's a post-seizure psychosis. Um, And then you can also get, after patients have had epilepsy for a long time, um, usually patients who have uncontrolled epilepsy can develop psychosis uh, later on in life. So There's a lot of overlap when it comes to neurology, it being part of the brain, part of mental health. There's a lot of overlap between neurology and
0: psychiatry. What is psychosis?
1: So psychosis is a psychiatric illness. um, And in this condition, patients have a fixed firm belief of things that are not real. So they can be seeing things and they firmly believe that they're seeing things that are not real or they have... Uh, what we call delusions, where they firmly believe something, they can firmly mm-hmm. believe somebody is following them, you know, or, you know, they see things that are not actually real. So that's, that's part of the psychosis.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess th- the less medical term that's often used is paranoia.
1: Yes, so paranoia, so the paranoid delusions is part of psychosis. You know, those are the ones that they, they think, for example, people are watching them. Right. Um, and, you know, this is not always the
0: case. Given the confluence of those conditions, how do you then treat it? Uh, do you treat it only as a neurological condition or do you treat it as a confluence of neurological and psychological conditions?
1: Yeah, so it uh, completely depends on whether we're dealing with a longstanding psychosis or if it's just an acute psychosis after a seizure. Um, but we we love to work in a multidisciplinary team, so we often work hand in hand with us with psychiatrists. Um, we treat the medical um, problem first, so we've got to make sure that the seizures are under control. Um, once that's under control, and patients are still having these um, psychotic features, then we would involve a psychiatrist in order to assist us to to manage that aspect.
0: Mm. Seizure events that are diagnosed as epilepsy. Are they curable?
1: Um, most of the time, we manage them. Uh, you know, most of the time, we are able to manage them with uh, medication. Right. You know, at the moment, we have quite a large variety of medical options uh, available, new treatments coming out all the time. Um, we also manage, depending on what the cause is, for example, if it's a, a tumor or if it's an abnormal development of part of the brain, we can also use surgery in order to, to cut out the that uh, specific lesion. And, you know, so surgical management is also part of the options. Um, there are other options as well. Um, various implants that are placed in the brain. Um, some people would have heard about a ketogenic diet. Uh, this was initially actually um, developed for use in pediatric patients, um, to manage seizures.
0: Mm, mm. Give us a call, 86 2032 Before I go to the mm. lines, doctor, I have a question here from Mapule, uh, mm. who asks. and before I get into the specificity of Mapule's question, perhaps to ask this, uh, is epilepsy as a condition uh, defined as a disability?
1: It is defined as a disability in this country um, simply because of You know, the unpredictability of seizures. Um, Sometimes patients also have side effects um, due to absenteeism. um, They're not able to hold down a job. Mm. So we do assist our patients in order to claim disability benefits for epilepsy.
0: So my question, which is Mapulia's question, was going to be, can you apply for a disability grant in South Africa, um, uh, or at least temporary disability grant in South Africa, should you have been diagnosed with epilepsy?
1: Yes, you can.
0: Let's go to the lines. Give me a call 86 Anonymous in Soshanguve. Anonymous, good morning.
2: Good morning. Uh, thank you for this topic. Um, I'm calling, my, my daughter is 46 years old <laughs> and was diagnosed with um, epilepsy some few years ago and she's also uh, HIV. I don't know whether it it was linked, but anyway, just giving mm. a short history, and and he later on because she was on treatment, she was put on medical uh, 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 treatment, but later she stopped because she went the traditional route. Mm. She also you know went to prayer and wanted to mm. and stopped the medication. Well, I don't know if when she was there if she was having any, pain, any 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 attacks, any you know, what do you call them, seizures. But mm. um last year in December in December, she, because she's going through a lot now. She's go, go, mm. going through um divorce and then in December with all at home she developed the 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 the, the convulsions. She, she 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 had the convulsions. And then, like, three weeks back, I think three weeks back, she actually, like, fainted. Fainted, had a uh, terrible, you know, she she just fell and had a terrible uh, treat. And we tried to, at that moment, actually was very confused because it was quite some time since yeah. I saw her. Yeah. And so I just wanted to know from the doctor, because she she's not keen on she 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 stopped taking medication. She's not keen on going the, the route. But I'm worried that maybe she might have some 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 um what you call them some complications. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's worrying me as a mother
0: mm. and
2: now I just want to learn and also also Oliver, I'm sure you'll put it on podcast because I also want Yes, ready to, to learn from this so that we know what we are dealing with. It's, yeah. ra- it's just like worrying at the moment.
0: Anonymous, thank you so much for your call and sharing your story. I really, really do appreciate it. Dr. Shabba, do you want to reflect on that?
1: Yeah, look, I think she's raised quite a um, a lot of issues here. So we've got a, a young lady, you know, 46, who's epileptic, also HIV positive, Um, So the cause of uh, epilepsy in that case Could be related or could not be related You know, would need to have an understanding Exactly of how healthy she is uh, With regards to her HIV status Um, She's also mentioned about going a traditional route Which we find a lot with our patients um, Which is where the multidisciplinary team is important We need to understand, you know Where our patients are coming from Social worker is very important in this case She's also discussed um, the problem of stresses And how these impact seizures So ongoing social stresses, divorce, lack of sleep, um, that can definitely um, exacerbate seizures. And when we look at our patients, we've got to look at the risk versus benefit. Mm. Most of the time, it benefits our patients to be on on, uh, medication because the seizures can happen at any time. It can happen when you are walking somewhere and you can cause severe injury to yourself so you know we need to have a proper counseling a proper multidisciplinary approach in order to mm. to win our patients over with our management plan
0: yeah thank you so much for that musa in centurion musa good morning musa so how are you i'm well i'm well musa go ahead
2: I'm i just want to ask um, uh, um one question olivia um is depression and anxiety can trigger um, uh, seizures? If you have never had actually uh, uh, a
0: history of, of 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 seizures. Beautiful question. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I guess you listen on the radio for that. Rob in Durban. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Tim. Uh, thank thank you for taking my call. Um, I and Doctor, uh, it's a little bit more complicated in my case. I don't have. A diagnosed epilepsy. Uh, well, I was run over by a taxi nearly four years ago and I suffer from uh, non-malignant vertigo uh, the ongoing end result from a 18-stitch injury to my head and uh, I'm uh, currently uh, experiencing A, I still have the vertigo, but B, I see... A lot of rings, and my vision goes from one eye to the other. And mm. in the end, I don't know if this is a forerunner to some something else. And and and, and I developed a stutter, which um, also was 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 from the accident, uh, which I'm still waiting to be finalised with the, the actual road accident fund. But that, that's not what I um, the, the, the my question really is these, these migraines these, uh, or whatever are they linked in any way to a possible epilepsy mm-hmm. thank, you well, so question, thank,
0: thank you so you, much for that thank question rob thank you so much for that question doctor thank you.
1: all right so let me start with the first question can depression and anxiety cause uh, seizures in patients who've never been diagnosed with epilepsy uh, the answer to that is very unlikely what we tend to see in patients who have a lot of stress and anxiety is another condition called pseudo seizures. So these are things that look like seizures but are not seizures. Okay, so this has to be carefully worked up by a neurologist in order to do the appropriate tests, um, including MRI brain and EEGs. Yeah. Um, then, with regards to the second question, um, about the, he was involved in an accident and sure. now he's reporting problem of vertigo and migraine and a few visual symptoms. You know, it's quite important to understand if in that accident um, there was a head injury, how severe that head injury was, was there loss of consciousness, what injury or damage are we seeing on the brain imaging? You know, that, that's very important in order for us to, to manage his question.
0: Yeah. And uh, D in Cape Town. Sorry, before that, doctor, there was the question around mm-hmm. can anxiety and depression trigger uh, seizures?
1: Oh, I did answer that. So, what I said about that is, and likely, most right. likely, in patients who have never been diagnosed with epilepsy before and have a lot of depression and anxiety, it's usually a condition called pseudo seizures. Okay. But this needs to be. Um, um, Diagnosed by a neurologist. The neurologist needs to do the appropriate testing with an MRI brain and an EEG and to get a clear history of what exactly the symptoms are.
0: We're going to take a quick break on the other side of the Dean Cape Town. We'll be taking your call. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. The FIFA Women's World Cup Trophy Tour is going beyond to inspire global excitement. Mzanzi Africa, this is your turn for a lifetime experience of what the 32 nations will be battling for in Australia and New Zealand. Be part of the FIFA Women's World Cup Trophy Tour and meet the game changers of the beautiful game on Wednesday 22 March at the Football Centre in Pimville, Soweto at 10am and Thursday 23 March at Chris Honey Mall in Fosteras eastrand at 11 a.m brought to you by sabc sport hashtag safm talking point as we wrap up our conversation with dr shaba let's take our last caller d in cape town d good morning
4: hi i'm dr shaba i um when my son was a baby probably about three months he had the three-in-one vaccine and um I I went back to work, dropped him off with a lady in Plumstead. he looked after him and he had a seizure from the whooping cough injection because the second time they gave it to him, um, they left out the whooping cough injection and uh, she she wasn't a nurse but her mother was, he looked a few doors down and she rushed the baby who was having a seizure and saved his life. Now, I want to know, the nurse told me at the clinic that it was the um, 3-in-1 injection and the whooping cough. A lot of children are allergic to it. Now, if, I had, if she hadn't have had a mother who knew how to bring my baby back to life, my child would be dead today. So I want to know what you think about the um, whooping cough injection in the 3-in-1 injection.
0: Thank you so much for that, Dean Cape Town. appreciate it. Dr. Shabat, do you want to reflect on that?
1: Yeah, so um, she's talking about the three-in-one injection. I'm assuming that's measles, mumps, rubella. Um, in that uh, specific vaccine, there is a small increased risk, but specifically of uh, a different thing that we call febrile seizures. Febrile seizures we see in children, usually after the age of two, and these are usually associated um, with uh, young children who have a high fever. So these patients get seizures from the high fever. So it's not necessarily related to the vaccine itself. We don't want to cause fear-mongering about yeah. vaccines. It's related to the high temperature that the, pa- that the children get after a vaccination.
0: Right. Thank you so much for that. Dr. Shaba, for those who want to get in touch with you, perhaps book a consultation or even just ask more questions. Where can they get in touch with you?
1: So I'm available at NetCare Krugersdorp Hospital. Uh, which is based in Krugersdorp on 9 Burger Street. Um, and they can find me on my website, which is drshaba.co.za or on my landline 011-951-0415.
0: Thank you so much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. Dr. Comfort Shaba, Neurologist at the Netcare Krugersdorp Hospital. That brings us to the end of the show. From myself, Patrick, uh, Kanya, as well as Lebo, It's been fantastic. We're back with you tomorrow. Stay safe. Have a fantastic Human Rights Day. Cheers.